0: a UK column supporter, has written in to comment on the latest calamity in the chaos being caused by Just Stop Oil. And he cites the article written by the Daily Mail, which concerns the arrest of a photographer and a filmmaker on the M25. He certainly won't be the only column supporter outraged by what seems to be, first of all, to extraordinarily misjudged arrests, but a total failure by police to be able to manage these apparent protests and indeed to avoid incredible disturbance and nuisance to the public, particularly those using the M25. It's the apparent and incredible inconsistency with which police have dealt with these sorts of protests that gives rise to the suggestion that this could be in some way police being complicit in protests that are designed to aid a particular government or indeed supranational agenda and one may well ask how is it that police can be so slow and ineffectual when it comes to dealing with a small number of people clinging to a motorway bridge and yet on the other hand so quick to deal with a protest that concerns COVID restrictions or the loss of liberty, for example. So to deal with the bigger picture first, yes, there will certainly be forces at play which do influence the way in which police are conducting themselves at the moment. It's hard to say whether those forces are exerted directly or indirectly. And what I mean by that is that police certainly now have a tendency to blow in the wind where media is concerned so each force or constabulary will have what's known as force priorities or objectives or words similar and it will be media activity essentially as well as pressure from certain areas of the public which will determine how those are prioritized An obvious example of this taking effect is the whisking to the top of the list of violence against women and girls in the wake of the well-publicised murder of Sarah Everard. So, because there has been much made of the Just Stop Oil protesters, for example, by the mainstream media, and this is all against the backdrop of new public order legislation, it's very much in the police's interests, or at least so they would believe, at the top of the hierarchy, to be seen to be dealing with these sorts of issues. Exactly how they do choose to do so is is where they should be held to account. Looking at the specific footage, which is confusing, it would appear that Rich Felgate is filming what turns out to be an arrest of his colleague Tom Bowles, although it's mostly the audio from Felgate and his arresting officer that can be heard. The procedure conducted and the language used is so confusing that it's very hard to tell exactly how and why the events unfolded as they did. The young police officer dealing with Rich Felgate seems to suggest that he's arresting Felgate. He refers to Section 1 of PACE, which is the Police and Criminal Evidence Act of 1984, as well as Section 4. And neither of these, in fact, gives police a power of arrest. As I would always say, context is everything, and it's very hard to determine exactly what had happened prior to this incident. But it would appear to be a perfect mix of poor training, poor judgment, and a bizarre execution of policy and legislation. First of all, the road closure was by the police and not, as I understand it, caused by the Just Oil protesters. Of course, they, Extinction Rebellion and Insulate Britain have all become associated with pretending to glue themselves to tarmac and causing these obstructions, which is an immediate offence. However, in this instance, it was police that stopped the road, stopped the traffic on safety grounds And this leads directly into a new offence. The Police Crime Sentencing and Courts Act of this year contains, at Section 78, provision for intentionally or recklessly causing public nuisance. And Section 1, Subsection B, says that the person's act or omission creates a risk of or causes serious harm to the public or a section of the public or obstructs the public or a section of the public in the exercise or enjoyment of a right that may be exercised or enjoyed by the public at large. As with so much modern legislation, the interpretation of this is almost entirely subjective. This means that in the first instance, it's up to police as to how to balance the rights of an individual against the rights of a group or of society at large, or indeed between two different groups. And this has become very dangerous territory indeed. However, in this instance, you'd think we have our offence, we have our suspects, it should be a very simple matter of police doing what they need to do as quickly as possible in order to alleviate the situation and get the traffic moving again. Not so. It seems likely, though, with reference to section four of PACE, that a road check was authorised by somebody of the rank of superintendent or above. And I'd hazard a guess that Hertfordshire Police, in an effort to head off possible calamities with Just Stop Oil, have articulated a particular area on a map that was subject to this check, and this is why they were able to approach and apprehend these two journalists. So whilst this power might get them to be in that particular place at that time approaching the journalists, it certainly doesn't excuse what happened next. Looking at how things unfolded, it is possible that the young officer that we hear on the audio did in fact make a mistake in saying arrest he may have meant detained and there is a distinction in that to arrest somebody is part of the process of taking them through custody and it relates to a particular offence however he subsequently refers to section one of pace which is the power to stop and search and for that power to be exercised the, sus- the, the suspect or indeed the subject of the search must be detained first if he truly had meant to arrest him then it's worth examining the two criteria that need to be satisfied for an arrest to be lawful. Firstly, the person has been involved, has attempted to be involved, or is suspected of involvement in the commission of a criminal offence, and there are reasonable grounds for believing that the person's arrest is necessary. Now that, from what we see in the video, certainly may not have been the case. Furthermore, if he was arrested... He wasn't told why he was arrested, and there was definitely plenty of time to do that, nor was he cautioned. If this arrest really had taken place, as seems to be suggested by the video clip, then there's no way that that should have gone through and been authorised by a custody sergeant. The more likely situation is that he did in fact mean that he was going to be searching Felgate and was detaining him under Section 1, which we do hear being referred to. Still, though, he's completely incorrect in doing so. The power granted by Section 1 isn't simply a generic authority to search anybody you don't like the look of. It's very specific, and for an officer to exercise it, they mustn't just have reasonable grounds to suspect the person may be in possession of an article included under Section 1, which are offensive weapons, bladed or sharply pointed articles, articles used in the course of or in connection with certain criminal offences or fireworks so they should have a good idea of why exactly they're considering that person is indeed suspicious and in particular what they are looking for. What we see next is really nothing more than an exhibition of poor practice. As far as we can tell there are only two police officers and two apparent suspects and with health and safety taking such a vast amount of police time and effort. It's again completely inconsistent that we'd see two officers trying to deal with two suspects at the same time rather than controlling the situation and allowing one to conduct a search first before the other suspect is searched. And the reason I mention this is that the the only way in which they can justify delaying in taking the Just Stop Oil protesters off the bridge is health and safety, because they would need to get the special team there in order to be able to carry out the the specific procedures according to health and safety. And yet health and safety is what dictates exactly how you would conduct a stop and search. And furthermore, whilst every force will have their own policy on this, it's notable that Bowles is seen handcuffed. In fact, they're both handcuffed. First of all, there's absolutely no justification for that. They quite obviously are not aggressive. They don't present a physical threat. They don't make any suggestion of trying to run away. So using handcuffs is apparently not justifiable and certainly cause for complaint as a use of force or an unlawful use of force. But furthermore, handcuffing somebody to the front, if indeed they do decide they're going to do anything about it only in effect gives them a weapon not not only can they decide to strike the particular police constable with both hands at the same time but also you've got an immediate means of putting your arms around someone's neck thereby creating far more danger than you're ever going to eliminate by the show of putting handcuffs on them the next thing we discover is that tom Bowles apparently had his house searched and for this to have been the case authority would have had to have been granted to conduct a Section 18 search, which is for evidence in connection with an indictable offence, meaning the one that's serious enough to go to Crown Court. So it seems that not only did police manage to conduct an arrest for which they had little or no justification, but that that was then authorised by a sergeant in custody, and that that detention went ahead even after it had been reviewed and moreover that authority was given to conduct a search for evidence relating to that indictable offence. How it is that the most basic interrogation of what they were doing in that place at that time and the search on the scene which would have been customary after arrest ...didn't lead automatically to their de-arrest is quite astonishing. Everybody has a camera these days, and it's not at all uncommon to find overzealous police constables... ...who don't know the law correctly being shown found wanting. At a time when yet more draconian legislation is being pushed through Parliament to deal with so-called public order offences... The public definitely should be concerned about this, concerned because it shows exactly how easy, with some rather murky funding and good press coverage, exactly how police will respond to an organisation like Just Stop Oil. And, depending on which way you look at it, it highlights the dangers or advantages of making prescriptive legislation. As a closing note with regards to the incredibly asymmetric effect of protests of this nature, I should point people towards section three of the Criminal Law Act of 1967, which states that a person may use such force as is reasonable in the circumstances, in the prevention of crime, or in effecting or assisting in the lawful arrest of offenders or suspected offenders, or of persons unlawfully at large.